We're unabashedly obsessed We've got to get it off our chest Please sit there and be quiet Hey everyone Hello Welcome to um, another episode of Unabashedly Obsessed I'm James I'm Aaron. Uh, and usually on the show, we talk about things related to pop culture. And not-so-pop culture. But this um, this episode is a little bit different because it takes place in the distant future. Or the distant past. Or both in a disorienting way. Time travel! Time travel. We are not a time travel podcast. We are not a time travel podcast. Um, uh, you may be listening to this in the cold of winter or the hot of summer. Or you could be in a flying car. I don't know. Or yeah, like I, a, I don't know your life. Riding a dinosaur or something? Maybe. But this is an outtakes episode. So yes. this is stuff that was so, so hilarious, but completely off-tangent and uh, ridiculous. Yeah, so um, we don't need to do much more. Uh, sit back, enjoy some outtakes, and uh, we'll see you next week. Or at the end of this. Well, we won't see them at the end of this. Well, we're not seeing them now. Oh, aren't we? Are you? <laughs> oh, I see everything next week. I see everything next week. That's My all-seeing eye is on back order. Amazon is like, I don't know, it kind of broke. And I'm like, what? And they're like, you'll get it next week. And I'm like, fine. <laughs> they, so, okay, so we've got that bookshelf in there. Yeah, yeah. There is a box of books containing both Deception Point and Digital Fortress, also Gone with the Wind and Scarlet. I know I have copies of all of these books, and yeah. I did not unpack them. I don't know where this box is. Hmm. So it's like, I mean, it's somewhere in the house. We'll probably unearth it from the basement at some point, I hope. In sort of a like a National Treasure-esque treasure hunt? But there better be no Nicolas Cage. I don't want that. Oh, Nicolas my... Cage, I borrowed your books. Gone with the Wind was transcendent. All right. I forgive you, Nicholas Cage. All right, so Nicholas Cage being a big Gone with the Wind fan would redeem would be enough to re- to partially redeem Nicholas Cage. I don't have any beef with Nicholas Cage. I just don't care for him. I get it. Like I have no issue with him personally. Yeah. I don't think I don't know anything about him. Yeah. I've just I I've never he's never been somebody that I've been like interested in seeing any more of him on screen. Yeah, I get that. At my job, mm-hmm. we have this running gag of. Um, this guy Benji mm-hmm. loves Nicolas Cage. Okay, and and this guy that left uh, Nick um, mm-hmm. also loved Nicolas Cage. So when new people come, Benji will uh, occasionally, at our behest, go up to people and be like, "So, do you like Nicolas Cage?" <laughs> and they don't know what to say because whatever. <laughs> so we did a white elephant gift, and and um, one of the like interns made wrapped this thing that turned out to be a regal gift certificate, but wrapped this thing. Um, and covered it in Nicolas Cage like like wrapping paper. Okay. And inside were two memes, and one of them was the um, Andy from Parks and Rec meme, which is um, it's what it said was, "I'm not sure if we love Nicolas Cage or hate Nicolas Cage, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask." Okay. Which is exa- like he gets it. Like right. if you if you know enough to make that meme, which is hilarious, because no one knows either. Like right. I'm like we we don't know either. Like right. I love National Treasure. I love National Treasure 2. I think of them as sort of one movie because I can't watch one without the other. Okay. But that's where my like for Nicolas Cage sort of ends. I mean, Face Off was fine. Gone in 60 Seconds was okay. But Did I see Gone in 60 Seconds? 
Was Giovanni Ribisi in that one? Yeah. Okay, I did see that one. I remember seeing a car movie with Giovanni Ribisi in it. Yep. Yep. Was he all... Was he also in The Italian Job? I might be remembering The Italian Job. The Italian Job had Mark Wahlberg and Seth Green. You're thinking of okay. Seth Green. No, I've definitely seen the Giovanni. Okay. I've seen... Yeah, Giovanni Ribisi was in Gone Giovanni to Giovanni Ribisi, okay. But Seth Green is what... Is, is the epitome of what that character, Giovanni Ribisi's uh-huh. character, has, was shooting for. He's okay. the apex of okay. the nerdy but well, super I mean, cool... He's Seth, I love Seth Green. Seth Green's awesome. So much. When's his birthday? Looking it up. <laughs> February 8th. Hey, I don't think we have a February. Aw. Uh-huh. And Seth Green, of course, was in It. Was he really? Mm-hmm. Who does he play? Um, oh, he plays uh, Richie Richie from the Ditchy. Does he really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. I should so, continue look, sitting forward like so my voice doesn't get messed up. How old was he? Real young. Like seven? Let me look. He was tall. He's the tallest one in the group. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, last year, and he was just with a bunch of four-year-olds? Yeah, and his voice was just fine, too, because, like, his voice hasn't changed. I'm just joking. Love you, Seth. Um, It was in 1990, so he was... Like, eight? No, he's older than us. Sixteen. Is he that much older than us? He's 70. He's 1974. Oh, wow. So, 1990, he was 16 years old. Playing a... Ten-year-old? Ten-year-old? Thirteen, maybe? Thirteen-year-old? All right. Because, spoiler alert, it, it is secretly about the onset of puberty. Yeah. Um, which is why that scene is so disturbing. But Which scene? Oh, the group ritual sex. Oh, see, okay, so I saw it when I was... It's not in the movie. Oh, okay. Thank God. I was they, gonna say, I, could... I haven't read it yet. I saw it, and it was... I was oh, man. They couldn't have put How the scene in the movie. How old was I? Maybe 12? Yeah. If that? Yeah. They'd get in super trouble if they okay. tried to put this in the movie. Which means or, it'll probably be in the Or they'd uh, have remake. to cast... Well, and they can't have... They, I know they didn't cast, um, like, like 20-year-olds playing kids in the new one, because right. the kid that was the main kid in Stranger Things is, is the main kid yeah. in... No, he, I think he's Richie in the mi- remake, okay. which makes no sense, because unless he's going to start wisecracking in It, he was not the wisecracker in Stranger Things. So okay. I'm like... You know this guy's supposed to have, like, a sense of humor and stuff and, like, be, like, always talking. This kid was, like, the straight man. You know actors can, you know, do other stuff. Not children. Children can do one thing. Okay, fair. All right. Child actors? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but for real, this guy's, he has the weird name, too, like, Wolf. Yeah. Like, I believe that it's his real name only because no one would be so bold as to change their acting name to what this kid's name is. Yeah. Anyways. It's like Wolf Matterhorn or something, It's something, right? it's something ridiculously it 80s bodybuilder. Like, yeah. or like sci-fi action figure character. Finn Wolfhard. Right. Finn Wolfhard. Alright, no. I, but I, serious I, question. I, James Franco, Nicholas Cage. I, I think James Franco. Really? Wow, well, because that he, surprises me. I thought Nicolas Cage was a shoe-in. No, because here's the thing. I don't like James Franco's face. Okay. And I don't like some of his character choices. Okay. But I don't think he's an untalented actor. Okay. Whereas Nicolas Cage is very Keanu Reevesy to me in that he just is a guy who says lines. Yeah. Which is funny because I think Nicolas Cage is more thoroughly 
trained and has a better pedigree of like serious actorness. Really? He's a Coppola. The Fra- Francis Ford Coppola is like his uncle and Sophia. Oh, like I didn't know that. But Nicolas Cage, because he didn't want... He didn't want to make a name to, as a Coppola? He, so changed, he changed his, his name, name to Nicolas Cage. Oh. Yeah. He didn't want to be caged in by the Coppola name. Got it. I don't think that's it, but maybe that's it. That might be it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I... I just, I have never, and granted, I have seen very few things with Nicolas Cage in them. Just by the way, a preview of episode two, it will be, uh, Aaron is suddenly unabashedly obsessed with Nicolas Cage movies. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> have you seen Face Off? Face Off is actually one that I, I kind of no, it's a, have always wanted. It's like, a, it's that, been on my list of, I, I wanted to see it in theaters. Yeah. And, but I don't think I was old enough. No. Yeah. And then I wanted to see it when it was not, no longer in theaters, and I think my parents also insisted I was not old enough. Right. And it's been one of those that's always been on my list of movies I should watch. Because I like John Travolta. Oh, I'll watch Face Off with you. With all that free time that we have to sure. watch movies? Absolutely. Let's okay. watch Face Off. All right. Cuts off the podcast. Well, no, because we have to watch Doctor Who tonight. Right. Um, no. Cuts off the podcast. Right. <laughs> um, Face Off is, is, you know, to, to reference last episode, it's, it's a nice, dumb action movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, John Travolta. You know, John Travolta should be... I feel like he, he she belongs in the same box as Nicolas Cage. Semi-creepy, sort of like... See, I put him in the same box as Tom Cruise. Okay. I can see that too. I don't know why. Well, Because the thing the... I really... The only thing that I, like, can remember having seen the entirety of that he's been in is Grease. Huh. Like, I think I saw part of that movie where he was an angel. Michael, yep. My aunt had a real thing for... Maybe still does. I don't know if she still has a thing for John. She had, she had at one point a real thing for John Travolta. Apparently she met him at an airport and he hit on her. Well, there you go. Is the way she tells the story. He was in a movie called Phenomenon, which was pretty good. He developed superpowers. Came out around the same time as... Powder? Yeah. Roughly. I think I I get them confused in my head as, like, I know they're not the same movie, but when I try to think about what they're about, I think they're both about the same thing. Yeah. Um, One of them is about this incredibly white white dude who develops magic powers. Right. And the other one's powder. Yes. (laughs) I knew that's where you were going with that. Because I think he just has the powers, right? He Um, doesn't develop them. Spoiler alert. He's an alien. He has a brain tumor. Oh. Powder, I just ruined Phenomenon, because then he dies. Oh, I, I was talking about oh, Powder. Powder, powder he, just has... He, he gets... I never saw Powder. Was, I think he was an alien. Powder was... I don't think he was an alien. Maybe he was. I think he was an alien. I know that Powder no, was... No, I'm thinking about K-Pax. Yes, K-Pax, Kevin Spacey Those was an alien. Those three movies are all the same movie. Well, Kevin Spacey was just a weird, weird-ass alien. Right. He didn't right. have special powers? So, in he? my head, all of those movies are about a personoid. Yeah. I'm just going to keep saying personoid, which I know isn't a word, but a personoid. We all know what you mean. Who who has powers that could possibly be alien in nature? Yeah. I feel like that is kind of a good plot synopsis of all three of those movies. Yeah, roughly. Um, I think K-Pax, he didn't have powers... 
I think he there was something emotional. Was he like he was definitely kinetic an alien. or something. He was something. definitely an alien, and he could like make. I feel like he could make people cry. Yeah, something. I don't K-Pax know. K-Pax was a weird ass. I movie. never saw any of them. I saw K-Pax <laughs> in the theater because I was a big Kevin Spacey fan. I love Kevin Spacey. Having seen oh seven, mm. um, and then parts of American Beauty, some of American Beauty. Um, I've seen both of those movies. I've seen seven far more. I've seen each of those movies one time. Yeah. Um, but K-Pax, I was like, okay, all right, I can get behind this. I was like, I walked out, I was like, okay, that was, hmm, okay, that was weird. Was it an adaptation of anything? I don't, um, maybe. Oh, really? Maybe. I don't think we need to look that up. We don't need to look that up. We, we've, we've veered into talking about original movies. Yeah, can we, let's veer back towards adaptations. <clears throat> okay. We'll see if I can edit any of that. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead was a real good adaptation. It, that, what a great play for collegers to do, college kids to do, and not necessarily high schoolers. That was my fault. <laughs> I read it and I really liked it and I could see it in my head and I thought that we could do it. Spoiler alert, we couldn't. I think Rose Against the Guildenstern, Our Dead, was made for being performed by college kids. Yeah. And I think that some of us... I mean, I certainly didn't read it enough because I wasn't doing the monologues yeah. um, to get it. Mm-hmm. I get it now, and I think we read it in some... I read it later or something. Okay. And I was like, oh, I get it now. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I got it more than I got Hamlet Machine. Oh, Hamlet Machine. Wow. Yeah. I need to... I don't think I have a copy of that anymore. Yeah. I would like to reread that. Yeah. That was a one act. It was a one act. That was our freshman year one act. Yeah. That was the first thing I ever got cast in. Was I cast in that? Or did I see it? I think I was... You may... It was the one that we performed at Thespian Conference, but you didn't go to Thespian Conference that year. Right. Because I didn't tell my parents about it because I don't want to owe them money. Right. When I'm a freshman in in high school. Right. But... The only time I remember performing it was for Thespian Conference. Maybe I auditioned and didn't get in? Maybe I didn't audition? I think we all had to audition for, like, during class class in Drama 1. Yes, 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 yes. Remember when Drama was a class? Yeah. Like, where Greeley gave us quizzes and stuff and graded us? So freshman year? Yeah. Also sophomore year. We, uh, we did tech stuff. We had projects and things. Yeah. That was where I wrote uh, Live in La Vida Parrot. Yes. You and I did a diorama of, um, pretty sure it was you and I, did a diorama of a you, doll's house. You and I, wait, yes. It was really bad. Yes. Like we painted the walls green and put a table and a couple of chairs in the middle of a room and called it a doll's house. I may have absolutely flaked in, the, in, in, in I've been the flaky group member in that project. Oh, I think we both were because neither one of us wanted to do it. Yeah. But I think you may have... Read some of A Doll's House? Oh, I read A Doll's House. I did not read A Doll's House. And I was like, we just need to do a set. Yeah. It's like just a Victorian house. Yeah. I but did... we didn't have the follow through. Yeah. I did Joe's Makeup. That was a train wreck. Okay. And then then our winter project or whatever was write a play. And you're we like, were... you should write a play where I'm a pirate named Zeke. And I was like, done. Let's get going. Was that? That was sophomore year. Yeah. Yeah. Drama yeah. two. Yeah. I was going to say, that wouldn't have been freshman year. Right. No, no, no. 
I did we weren't not. friends with Brew at that point. We weren't friends with Brew. I hadn't had a full year of Miss Rudersill's class, and so therefore was still relatively quiet. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was... Uh, the, they, um, they worked where the parents went. The parents went to the Enchanted Forest on Once Upon a Time. Uh-huh. And they were shipwrecked, and they died basically in the Once Upon a Time world. Oh. Yeah. When we all know that where they went was to Rapunzel's wedding. Right, of course. Everyone knows that. Yeah. And the trolls sabotaged their ship. Right, and so they sank, and Ariel found all their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this stuff. Frozen people are dead. Because some stupid trolls said, don't hit your sister in the head again. There you go. <laughs> yeah, the, the the original trolls were the actual trolls that were that messed with the kingdom. Mm-hmm. They wanted it to be called Trollendal. But people were like, no, 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 we're not going to name it that. And they're like, you know what? Fine. I'll just be king and queen. We're, we're, we're cool. No, 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 we're cool. Begin the secret plot. <laughs> My understanding has been that Marvel has actual world building and DC is just like, yeah, I don't know flying. Yeah. Uh, I, that, that, I, I, I'm gonna, I agree with that. Like Marvel seems like there's a lot more depth. I think that DC goes for depth and misses. Yeah. I feel like DC ends up, and granted, I don't know much about all this, but I feel like my limited knowledge, DC is, there is a city. Here is a superhero who protects the city. He either has all the powers or none of the powers, right. but lots of cool gadgets. Right. I mean... My knowledge of DC is exclusively Superman and Batman. I mean... There, there's Wonder Woman, who's a Greek goddess who becomes a superhero. I don't know anything about her except she has a lasso of truth. Yep. And uh, Aquaman lives under the sea. And everything I know about him came from Entourage. He got his <laughs> hand bitten off by sharks. Oh, glass sharks? Uh, nope, real sharks. Oh. And it was real bloody. And then he had a hook for a hand. Okay. And then he got his hand back because comic books. Right. Um... But yeah, I was reading as a child when he lost his hand to sharks. Ooh. And it was also this big deal because he's this like lord of, he can control all of these animals. Uh-huh. But like the bad guy had like hypnotized or confusion raid this sharks. <laughs> so. That's a word. Every time somebody says MacGyver, I picture Chuck Norris as Walker, Texas Ranger. Mm. I think because they were on around the same time. Sure, yeah. No I beard, could not, no could, kung fu skills. Could not... For the life of me, pick Richard Dean Anderson out of a lineup if you held a gun to my head. <laughs> that Wait, that implies that you would be able to... Even if you held a gun to my head. Oh, about okay. that? Well, okay. Like, I have no idea yeah. what the man looks like. Because you say MacGyver, and even though I know that what I'm picturing is Walker, Texas Ranger, yeah. I picture Walker, Texas Ranger. Walker, Texas Ranger I've was... never seen either show. I've only <laughs> seen one episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, and I've seen it twice. Whenever I've turned on Walker, Texas Ranger with the mind of, let's see what this is about. It's always, it's the always these kids on, the, on, a, on a bus. Okay. And Walker has to... Save them? Save them in Texas, I imagine, because he's a Texas Ranger. Sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please. Please put that in the episode. Oh, I am. No, no, that's going in the episode. (laughs) That's how the episode's going to open. Oh, my God. 
Hey, everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> Don't look at me. Okay, I'm good. What episode, what movie, what Paul Rudd movie would you bring I to Lady Love Anchor Man? Okay. I want to do Anchorman so badly because I love that movie so much. And I feel like that is Paul Rudd at his absolute most lovable. He is like, great in that. He is so good. And one thing that Rachel brought up in her episode was how different he is when he's playing a lead versus when he's in an ensemble. Yes. So like 200 Cigarettes was an ensemble. Yeah. Versus... And Anchorman is an ensemble. Yeah. Versus like Clueless where he was kind of playing the straight man. Right. I mean, it was an ensemble cast, but like he's, or, or um, even like, I guess I love you, I man. love you, man is he's, he's the main guy. Yeah. Yeah. So like when he's not playing the lead or like the male ingenue or whatever, he is able to have a lot more fun and just be wacky and Paul Ruddish. Yeah. And I think that is my favorite brand of Paul Rudd. Which is why I love Anchorman so very, very much. It's. It, it's I also a, just love everything else about Anchorman. It's a great. It's a great look for him. That movie is 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 great. Yeah. Like it's a great like. Hey, remember Paul Rudd? He's still got it. We got him in here. Yeah, he does. Um, Paul Rudd will always still got it. I agree. If I was a lady and I was bringing a love of Paul Rudd to ladies love Paul Rudd, which by the way I'm pretty sure they they that's a that's another little Cool J reference. Because LL Cool J is a rapper from the '90s. I, yeah, I knew that. Um, and uh, um, and that is where my knowledge of him stops. It's uh, LL Cool J stands for Ladies Love Cool James. Oh. Um. Yeah. So I think Ladies Love Paul Rudd is a is a riff on LL. Cool Interesting. J. Well, and their their Twitter handle is at LLPR. LLPR. Right? Yeah. Or LL Paul Rudd. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I would bring either Wet Hot American Summer, which I have not seen. Um. Paul Rudd. Is the biggest jerk in now, the entire world. Would you bring the original movie or the the revival? I would bring the original movie the for this one scene in Wet Hot American Summer. Okay. Or what? All right. Was he in Forty Year Old Virgin? Was he one of the? I I feel like I can't think of whether he I was don't or not. Think so. Because there's Seth Rogen, the it's black been guy. So long since I've read that. I feel like Paul that? Rudd was in it. Read that seen that since i've seen that hold on if ever we've had someone yelling at the at the oh yeah he was yeah yeah. he was one of the the co-workers okay i mean i i saw that probably right when it came out on dvd so it's been 12 years yeah no he gives yeah he's the one that gives um that gives uh steve carl's character the boner jams porn mix video i don't remember that and i only literally the only thing i remember about that movie is the chest waxing scene and only because it was in the trailers. It, it it it's a movie that holds up about eighty gajillion times better than it has any right to. <laughs> okay, like it's it's actually like from like a literary criticism standpoint, uh-huh. super robust. Like it actually stands up to like okay. critique, and I really have always liked that about that about him. Okay. There's like symbolism and like allusion and like all this stuff going on in this basically like. Sex comedy, okay. Um, that I really like. I should rewatch it. 
I think you should. I think it, it it's one. I mean, it's it's a Judd Apatow movie that is like all the other Judd Apatow movies, right. where it's like, all right, we have we start with a layer of of super sweet content, and then we just pile dick jokes <laughs> till it's about fifty feet high, and you're like, so this is a dick joke movie, and you're like, well, yeah, but at the very bottom, there's this incredibly rich and great story right with all these great characters that have all these great motivations and are so real and like true and then we just you know more dick jokes. more dick jokes yeah yep but yeah i was so i'd either pick um wet hot american summer or four-year-old virgin or maybe maybe wanderlust another one i haven't seen I think I have it actually, as much as I love Paul Rudd, I have not seen a lot of Paul Rudd movies. Do you think, Wanderlust is, is worth checking out. It has the, uh, there's a, um, Paul Rudd does this scene in the mirror, in, in this mirror where he see, he says, um, I can't remember what word, he, what, what he's saying. He's saying something that he keeps saying and saying it weirder and weirder, which is not my brand of comedy. Right. So like. And people are like, oh my god, what an amazing scene by Paul Rudd, blah, blah, blah. But I was sort of like, eh, there were better jokes. Right. You know what else was a good Paul Rudd movie? Did you ever see Our Idiot Brother? No, that was another one that was referenced. That was really, really I good think movie. I've pretty much seen Clueless and Anchorman. <laughs> that, I mean, if you have only seen two Paul Rudd movies, those are not the worst to have seen. It's true. I might ask if I could bring his, his performance on Friends. Oh, there you go. That might be that might be where I wear my sweet spot. There you go. And I wonder if they let me do that because he was a powerhouse. You mean when we just show up and <laughs> insert ourselves in? We just show up at a recording session. Yeah. Hi, we're here. We brought snacks. Yes, we brought snacks. Let's talk. Let's talk PR. I did. I, I know you saw that. I tweeted them, and I was like, I want to be on your show. Yeah. Because I all, I too am a lady who loves Paul Rudd. Yeah. I don't know if I would actually want to bring. Anchorman, I might rather bring one that I haven't seen yet. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. So basically any of his movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, you would, I haven't would you want... seen him in many things. I mostly just like to look at pictures of him. I mean, that's Because he's a either. very pretty man who has not aged at all. Oh, no. He, he absolutely has that Fountain of Youth thing going on. Yeah. Is he... I feel like he's, he's normal handsome. He is. He is. He's like you could you could totally see him grocery shopping. Yeah. He doesn't have like the Chris Pine movies, you know, Hems- yeah. Helmsworth brother right. like movie star good looks. Yeah. He's just nor- like he is an incredibly attractive ordinary guy. If that makes sense. Yeah. What's wrong? Um I'm trying to I just made the connection I th- uh, Wanderlust was Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston. Wasn't that also the object of my affection? Yes. Or Picture Perfect? Which one, one was Paul Rudd in? Wasn't he the gay friend in one of those? Maybe. Object of my affection. Object of my affection. Was with Paul Rudd? Yeah. Picture Perfect. Oh, Picture Perfect was the one with Jay Moore and Kevin Bacon. I don't know if I've seen Object of my affection. <laughs> of Kristen, course, because it has Paul Rudd in it. Kristen has like a DVD box set. Not a box set, but like... You know those um, those DVD cases or like like packs that have like the weird um, DVD case where you can they fit they somehow fit like three movies into one normal size DVD case. Yeah, she has that of 
Picture, per- picture perfect. Okay. Um, object of my affection. So two pretty seminal 90s Jennifer Aniston vehicles. Uh-huh. And then The Good Girl. Did you ever see The Good Girl? With Jennifer Aniston yeah. and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. It is. But one of these things fit. is not like the other. <laughs> right. Well, it has Jennifer Aniston in it. Right. In like the darkest role funny, of all time. Funny story. Nope. I'm thinking of a different movie. Never mind. Continue. What were you thinking of? I was think- I was about to say that that was the first movie that I had ever seen, aside from Clueless, not realizing it was the same guy who played Elton, that it was the first movie that I'd ever seen Jeremy Sisko in. Yeah. And he was like the Sisto. abuse... Sisto. Yeah. Jeremy Sisto. But that was Waitress, where he was the abusive oh, yeah. husband. I can... Because um, it was John... Was it John C. Riley? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Very similar... I can see confusing those two movies. Yeah. They're very... Like, they're not similar, and yet they're... They're kind they're of indie, you know... Small town Midwest. Small town Midwest girl in not the best marriage. Yeah. Has an affair with... Jake Gyllenhaal. Or Nathan Fillion. Are they not the same person? No. <laughs> Don't even... No. <laughs> That's not even funny in jest. Donnie Darko starring Nathan Fillion. Not being a huge Jake Gyllenhaal fan, I find that comparison extremely offensive. <laughs> um, I mean, he's fine. He's he's just fine. Yeah, I think that Paul Rudd doesn't age at all because he looks the same as he did in Halloween 6. I haven't seen... I mean, he's he has a prolific body of work, too, because like, I yeah. haven't seen... Um, what's the... Uh, he was in um, Knocked Up, and then they mm-hmm. made that movie, This, this is, is 40. 40. Which I never saw. I haven't either. I have heard that it trailered like a comedy. Yeah. But was actually a little bit depressing and hit too close to home for our generation. See, I and I think I've talked about this before. I liked, um, oh my god, I'm blanking. The Adam Sandler, Judd Apatow movie where he was a comedian and I can't think of what the name of it was. That no, like, no one liked it. Um, it, it was, was it called? Spanglish? Punch Drunk? No, though those are all right in the in the same okay in the same line. Um, I'm gonna look it up real quick. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> no, funny people. <laughs> I looked up Judd Apatow Adam Sandler movie, and it came up with Zookeeper. So I guess Judd Apatow directed that too, but it's not that. Um, I have never heard of either of those. Funny people was about Adam Sandler plays a comic like an like an old retiring stand up comic, mm-hmm. like a sort of like a. Jerry Seinfeld on a real bad day. Okay. And Seth Rogen plays one of his comedy writers. That's okay. also an up and coming stand up comic. But okay. anyways, it's really depressing. Like really, really depressing. He may uh, Adam Sandler may or may not have cancer. That's not a, that's not me avoiding a spoiler. There's like a does he have cancer or is he faking it to like get out of having to work? Okay. To not like not have to like succeed as a stand-up comic anymore okay so i really like i really like that people sort of had that same critique of it which is like hey it's called funny people make it funny yeah so i'm i'm really into judd apatow sort of making super depressing stuff for me it's not like a it's called funny people make it funny as much as it's an so dan in real life that yes. steve Carell movie is another one of those where i went into it expecting basically michael scott the movie right because up to that point, that is basically all I had seen Steve Carell do. Right. Was the kind of slapstick dick joke comedy. Right. 
And so Dan in Real Life was actually a good movie. I love that movie. That's a great movie. But I didn't like it because it wasn't what I was expecting. Right. And so it wasn't what I was in the mood for. Right. And I sat there and I was like, this, like. Yeah. I wanted a fun, like I was in the mood for a funny Steve Carell movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it let me down. Yeah. Because I feel like that was another one that trailered a lot funnier than. That's be, because because it had Steve Carell in it, and it was pretty much his first serious role. I think they were trying to get audience members to come see it yeah. by being like, "It's the new Steve Carell movie. Right? You'll super like it if you like Steve Carell yeah. movies." Yeah, isn't it funny how all those actors do that? Yeah, Adam Sandler, Steve Carell, Jim Carrey, famously Will Smith have those like. Serious and comedy, and serious and comedy. Oh, Andy Samberg will have to do it at some point. No, he won't. Serious Andy Samberg. That's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think Storks is about as serious as he's going to get. I.e., not serious. Right. Um. Um. There wasn't. There was some serious parts to it. He has some moments on Brooklyn Nine Nine where he's but not being a complete doofus. <laughs> Oh, occasionally, man. he even does actual police work. Occasionally. Occasionally. Very occasionally and usually on accident. And with close supervision. Yes. <laughs> are you burning... Do you, are you, do you have a wood fire going at your house? No. This microphone smells like a wood fire. Oh. Well, I mean, I'm not it, hating it. Was it was my brother's, so it may have lived in like oh, the so, hot drawer. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I think I like pot now. <laughs> oh. Kristen was so cute. She went to the cop station. They went to the police station for Girl Scouts. Uh-huh. And um, apparently they burn a whole bunch of marijuana like every month to wow. get rid of it. There's got to be a different way to get rid of it yeah. besides just getting the entire town high. But um, so Kristen walked in and everyone else was like, uh, uh. Kristen's like, what, what, what? And she said, so when, so she called me, it was so adorable. I was in my mom's living room, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday and she said, so. This is your sister, Kristen, or your wife? Oh, uh, my wife. Okay. She was like, um, so whenever I'm driving along and I smell something that smells like a skunk, is that really a skunk? And me being almost as innocent. Right. Was like, well, no, sometimes it's a fox. I mean, they have similar, similar musks. She's like. Yeah, but like, is it sometimes pot? And I was like, oh, no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, pot is. It's more of a clove. It's more of a clovey, sort of a sweeter smell. It, it's sweeter, yes, but like cloves has like a, like a holiday cooking smell to mm-hmm. it. Um, probably because it's used in a lot of like holiday scents. Yeah, pot smells like a combination of cloves minus the spice. Yeah, skunk particularly bad pot and like cigarette smoke. Like I, w- whenever I smelled pot at like concerts, it would be, huh, that's, that cigarette doesn't smell so bad. Oh wait, it's pot. Like it was like, like, yeah. Oh, that cigarette isn't completely stifling and, and it's I can tell my lungs are freezing up as it is. Yeah. It's a, oh, different, that's it's a different kind yeah. of offensive than yeah. cigarette smoke is. Yeah. Um, most of the pot that I, never having smoked it myself, most yeah. of the pot that I have smelled has been like out on the street. Right. It, there was, Vanessa and I got stuck behind a pack of guys smoking really, really skunky weed mm. in Edinburgh. And I was like, 
fuck is that smell? And she was like, that is bad weed. I'm like, how do you know this? Yeah, for real. Because <laughs> I know she's never smoked it. She can't. She's been working for the government since she was a teenager. Right. So. And no one who works for the government would ever have smoked pot. So. Ready? Yep. Hi, Molly. Molly, do you want to be on the show? Do you just love the smell of pot? Welcome to Midpoint Podcast. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Wrong show. <laughs> sorry. Hey, everyone. Hello. Welcome to Unabashedly Obsessed, a uh, podcast about pop culture. And not-so-pop culture. And occasionally pot culture? No. No. Probably not pop, pop, pot culture. Well, unless you listen to the first four minutes of this recording, which I'm going to cut out, so... <laughs> so, not that. Not Mostly that. pop and not pop. Not-so-pop. Here's what I know about Destiny. Uh-huh. Kevin plays it. Yep. There are guns... Okay. His gaming group is called Strategic Sheep. They are I all just learned that. Sheep. For a very long time, I thought it was called Exploding Sheep. Uh-huh. Even though he kept telling me I was wrong, I just had, like, I thought it one time, and then it just got <laughs> stuck in my head. And the only reason I know what it's actually called now is because they are all going to PAX, yep. PAX East yep. um, in March. Are and... we going to that? No. Because I have to stay home with our children. Oh, right. Um, but one of the girls on his team got them all t-shirts that say, say strategic sheep, and he wore it the other day. Nice. So now that it's been like written down where right. I can see it, right. it will be burned into my brain. But I'll probably still call them exploding sheep, because it's a way better name for a Right. Bird. Yeah. Also, kind of a burn. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a chicken and egg. So we, ta- we, we talked about, you know, this is a sort of a chicken and egg thing on, mm-hmm. a, on an episode that I was listening to so yeah. like last september right um eggs came first because chickens evolved later so there were things laying eggs yeah before there were things called and, chickens right so that's solved everyone stopped saying that and that girl who isn't jenna elfman but kind of looks like her uh, is she another thing maybe Okay. I don't know. She had like the short, kind of curlyish blonde hair, like Jenna Elfman did. It was same time around the same time as Dharma and Greg. Kate Hudson. Yeah. Was it Kate Hudson? No. It was Kate Hudson. It was Kate Hudson. Um, <laughs> Sarah Michelle Yeller. Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Do we have time that I can read you the the sweet action and uh, how to make friends and resurrect yeah. sections? We sure do. Um, because uh, the sweet action one, there's sort of. Do you want to read it on air? Is that okay? We could do it as an outtake? Do you want to do it as an outtake? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to pause it or do you want to... No, I'll cut it later. Okay. Um, because they are sort of like Sweet Action and how to resurrect pets and influence... How, how to make friends, make and, friends and influence your pets? <laughs> nope. I put a little you don't n- influence your pets. I put a little note on each thing as I set up the like the choices mm-hmm. so that I remember like this is whatever. Right. And I got to the one that said how to make friends. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Resurrect your pets is the thing that would have triggered you. <laughs> right, right, right. So then I was like, oh, wait, wait, okay. So they're sort of like them in terms of like, the sweet action one was fine and had some funny parts, uh-huh. but the resurrect your pets one, I'm really proud of it. So I'm going to read I'm gonna read both. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. 9, 11. Yikes. Um, Start with sweet action. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. So this is if you had chosen to go through the frosted glass door with a cinnamon bun on it. Right. You push through the door with the cinnamon bun on it. A little bell jingles, and then falls to the floor. You are barraged by conflicting sensations. 
There's the delicious smell of fresh cinnamon buns, but also the smell of burning bread. <laughs> There's the smooth sounds of Matchbox 20 on the radio. Nice. But the ear-splitting report of many guns being fired. Makes sense. And there, in the corner, is a man entirely is- covered in grease. Yes. Stripped down to his underwear, claiming to anyone who will listen about how he's doing, doing it. <laughs> what does he mean? You don't have time to speculate. A large man in a chef's hat strides in, strides in and says, Do you smell what the Corbin is cooking? And he heaves what feels like a two-pound rock as it hits you in the temple. You crumple to the floor and, run, and he runs over. Just to clarify, Corbin, that's me, is cooking the cinnamon buns. The muffin that I hit you with was all Dana. <laughs> she tries. Anyways, happy dying. Thanks for stopping by Sweet Action. <laughs> nice. Uh, I went back and listened to both the episodes so I would get the names right. Good. So. Excellent. Um, and then how to make friends and resurrect your pets. Is it just Anna Kendrick sitting there blowing bubbles the whole time? <laughs> no. You push through the door with a chinchilla on it. And you immediately feel different. Something about your very existence has changed. You feel scared, skittish, jumpy. Also, you oh, appear no. to be only five inches off the ground. Oh, no! You look back and see that the door you pushed through, which was a normal person door when you went through it, is now a swinging doggy door. What is going on? You need to run. You start to run. You run and run. Oh, man, running is the best. Oh, why don't you run all the time? You can get away from anything that might try to get you. You can run forever. Nothing could stop you from running. Water! You see a small puddle and go up to get a drink. In the reflection, you see that you are an exact match to the animal that was on the door. You are a chinchilla. Huh. Okay, well... I suppose that's worth consider. Run! Oh yeah, running! You almost forgot about running! Suddenly, a shadow overtakes you. You look over your shoulder, and you see the biggest dog you've ever seen barreling down on you. And what's more, this dog doesn't have a collar. The dog runs past you and then turns around. You stop immediately and cower in the grass of the front yard. The dog's tail is wagging, and there is an insane look in its eye. It pulls back and then leaps into the air. It lands inches from your shaking body and barks at a volume that would be deafening to a creature four times your size. You feel a pain in your left paw and forearm. You drop to the ground. As the world begins to go dark, you hear a familiar voice. Grot! Get out of here! Go on home! Go on! Mom! Get the 9-volt battery! Pikachu is hurt! (laughs) Alex! It's your boy Alex! He saved you from being eaten by that huge beast! Now he'll take care of you. This is your last thought as Alex applies two wires to your chest, completing the circuit powered by a 9-volt battery. You smell burning fur. The end? (laughs) Turn to page page four. four. (laughs) Grot. Oh, I love it. Torque made an appearance. He did. Oh. Um, There's another dog that kills you elsewhere. Oh. um, Is it Molly? Please say it's it's not. It should have been. It's revenge for Stephen King's treatment of dogs and dairy. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And it tells you so. Excellent. And it calls you a motherfucker. Oh. Even though you are not kicking it or beating it with a right. 2 by 4 in you're, paying, you're, you're sending a message. Right. And it tells you that. Oh, okay. It's a talking dog. Okay. That's your last thought. I like talking dogs. Huh. A talking dog. All right. All right. And we're back. That was uh, a wild outtake ride. Yeah, I don't... I, I, I don't know what we just talked about. I really Do hope you? that it wasn't super solemn at the end. Like... Like, and then that was when I saw the whale give birth. And we're back! <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be the worst segue we've done on this show. No, that's true. It might be one of the best. 
<laughs> it might actually be. <laughs> so in the meantime, we'll be back with a more normal episode next week. But in the meantime, you can find us on social media. Yes. You can find us on Twitter at UFO Podcast. You decide what the F stands for. This week, I think it stands for... Flotilda, the new whale. Yep. Sure does. I'm glad you came up with something because halfway through saying this week it stands for, I was like, I've got nothing. Maybe I'll think of something. I can't stop my mouth from saying the words. Good old Flotilda. Flotilda. Um, um, individually, you can find us at Unabashedly Aaron and... At Unabashed James. Um, you can find us on our Facebook group, which you should definitely do. It's called Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed. Uh, and it's just the best. It really is. Um, We're unabashedly obsessed with it. We are starting another secret splinter group uh-huh. for fans of the group. Um, it's not and such so a forth. secret anymore. You just announced it publicly. We'll start another secret group of, for fans of the fans of the group. <laughs> um, you can uh, email us at unabashedlyobsessed at gmail.com. But be forewarned, we will probably paraphrase or directly cut and paste your email into the Facebook group. Quite, quite possibly. So yes, that we yeah. can discuss it at length. And then maybe add you to the Facebook group. Oh, yeah. If you email us, we're adding you to the Facebook group. <laughs> um, you can uh, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher. Good old and, Stitcher. And if Essential you feel like Stitcher. It, Essential Stitcher. <laughs> and if you feel like it, you can uh, you know leave us leave us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate that. We've gotten a couple of good reviews from when we had NAR on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, and yeah, so... You know, hello, new listeners. Hello, you new listeners. You can't see that I'm waving at you, but, but I, I am. I can see you. Because you can see everything next week. Next week. Um, they sent me a pre-order on my Amazon uh, music app that is a, it's a mostly seeing eye. So I can see a lot of people. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, that's good. So I think that's going to do it. Oh, thank you to Jamie Shaheen for, uh, did you guys know there was a ladder down here, colon, the theme song of our show. And also thank you to Emily Cardamus, who is at Corrupted Gem on Twitter, and she did our cover art. She did, and she did a great job. She really did. I love our cover art. I get so happy whenever I look at it. I do, too. It's really awesome. You called me yesterday or, or something, and I was like, hey, Emily Cardamus cover art. Awesome. Yep. Yep. Every time you call me, I'm like, hey. <laughs> Um But I think that's going to do it. So uh, I'm James. I'm Aaron. This has been Unabashedly Obsessed. You guys... Smoking kills. And so do pennies. <laughs>